0: Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 604 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That song you're hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And today, it's... Wednesday or Thursday at the earliest when you're hearing this, and obviously the Rangers have tied their best of seven series with the Carolina Hurricanes, winning games three and four in Madison Square Garden. Series now tied at two games apiece, and game five will be back in rally on Thursday night. So that's where the Rangers stand right now. It's obviously been a gutsy performance, getting back on Garden nice and winning two games that you pretty much needed to have. I mean, you pretty much had to win both of these games here. Can't be falling behind 3-1 to in every single series. What we're going to do today is take a look at the Rangers and where they stand and spotlight a handful of players who I think need to step up a little bit for this New York Ranger team. And let me just preface this entire list by saying, and it's not even really a list per se. It's not a ranking or anything like that. Like I said, just a collection of players that I think have a little bit more to give for the New York Rangers. Nobody that I'm going to talk about here has been like a complete ghost or completely worthless or anything like that. They've all had their moments where they've contributed here and there, but just a handful of players, like I said, that I'm going to challenge to take their game to the next level, which is something that the Rangers really might need if they're going to pull out this series win. I realize a lot of us are feeling really, really good right now. After these two wins in New York, as well we should be, we should believe in this team, we should be confident in this team, but this series is a long, long way from being over. The Rangers are up against an outstanding Carolina Hurricanes team. The Canes still have home ice advantage for what's basically become a best of three here, and the Canes have yet to lose a game on their home ice this entire postseason. So we'll get to all that in just a second. There's also going to be a couple of just odds and ends at the end of the uh, episode here today. Just some quick thoughts about certain things that I think the Rangers need to do to ultimately prevail in this series. But like I said, we're going to dive right into the action here and spotlight a handful of players that... The Rangers could stand to get a little bit more from, and I think the poster child of this category has to be Artemi Panarin. Now, Panarin, obviously, he's had his moments in this playoff run. He's gotten his points here and there, and of course, you know, you think about Artemi Panarin in this year's Stanley Cup playoffs, as far as the positive things that he's done, there's one play that undoubtedly stands out above the rest, his instant classic of a moment, Game 7 in overtime against the Pittsburgh Penguins, the Rangers are on the power play, time is dwindling in said power play Panarin skates toward the net just lets it fly and puts it into the net and sends the Rangers into the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs that is already an instant classic moment uh, as far as you know New York Ranger history when it comes to the playoffs like game 7 overtime winner it does not get much bigger than that he now joins uh, Stefan Matteau and Derek Stepan in that category and Something else about that moment, like I said, it's already what I would call an instant classic. That's the term that you know I think most appropriately applies here, but that has a chance, that play has a chance to become absolutely iconic if the Rangers are somehow able to continue this run, continue their march through the Stanley Cup playoffs, and lift the Stanley Cup over their heads when it's all said and done. There is a long, long way to go as it pertains to the Rangers actually doing that, but again, that play has a moment to be just completely frozen in time, just an iconic moment, not just in Ranger history, but in NHL Stanley Cup playoff history as well. But as far as Panarin... You know, I think he's looked a little bit better in these last couple of games. He was actually held off the score sheet last night in game four, but there have been a couple of different instances where, you know, Panarin carries the puck across the blue line, which in and of itself is not an easy thing to do against this Carolina Hurricanes team. But he'll do that thing where he's kind of moving up the left side, stick handling quite a bit, gets the defenders back on their heels, and oh God, what's he gonna do? Is he gonna shoot? Is he gonna pass? You can tell there's there's a little bit of trepidation on the part of the Carolina defenders when Panarin is doing this, and that's a good sign that Panarin is getting close to, you know, finding his A game. And again, I still think it's possible that he might be playing through something throughout these playoffs. It's the only explanation I could come up with when he was, you know, kind of disappearing for certain chunks of the series against the Penguins. I think Panarin is starting to get there, starting to find his game a little bit, and something that really helps. You know, we always talk about how Panarin elevates the game of those around him, specifically Ryan Strome, but also a couple of other guys that have played with Panarin on the Rangers over these past couple of seasons. But one guy who is kind of almost returning the favor right now and making Panarin's slump, hurt a little bit less, is Andrew Kopp, because Andrew Kopp has basically been carrying the Rangers' second line. He was absolutely fantastic in this game last night. Of course, the three points are going to jump off the page, the one goal and the two assists, but on top of that, valuable member of the penalty kill, just somebody who brings it every single shift, one more 50-50 pucks than I could count in that game last night, one of which led directly to the Rangers scoring a goal. So Andrew Copp really stepping up uh, in Panarin's steed, so to speak, and making sure that that second line stays relevant and stays dangerous for the New York Rangers. But I do think our Artemi Panarin is getting there. He's just got to trust himself a little bit more. And I like the fact that it does seem like he's finally starting to shoot the puck a little bit more often. I mean, you think about Panarin and you think about him being a facilitator and somebody that's going to make these great passes to set up his buddies, which... I mean, he's done that so many times, uh, you know, really ever since he's come into the league and certainly since he's been with the Rangers. Uh, But Panarin last night ends up with three shots on goal, which is more than he's been getting. That was actually tied for the second most, excuse me, tied for the third most on the New York Rangers. Only Adam Fox and Chris Kreider had more shots on goal than Artemi Panarin. They each had four. So Panarin's starting to let the puck fly a little bit, and that doesn't even take into account, uh, you know, a couple of shots that might have either gotten blocked or gone wide. So Panarin's getting there, I think, eventually he's going to turn the corner and just have a monster game. Sooner or later, if the Rangers are going to somehow go all the way to the finals and win the Stanley Cup, that would be amazing. But sooner or later, Artemi Panarin is going to have to be at the absolute top of his game where he's the guy that can really carry your team offensively. So uh, he's getting there, but he's got more to give for the New York Rangers. I, I think we can all agree on that for sure. Sticking with the second line here, let's talk about Ryan Strom. Now Strom He ended up with an assist in this game, and we'll kind of take you guys through that goal uh, in just a second here, because it's a goal that I did not talk about in yesterday's episode, our game recap episode. I was surprised, though, to find out that this was actually Ryan Strom's sixth assist of the postseason. I did not think he had that many. He's got one goal to go along with it. So, you know, a couple of points here and there. Strom's got seven points in 11 games. It's not bad, but... There's just too many shifts where he's kind of a non-factor. You know, you just barely even notice that he's out there. He's obviously not the most physical player in the world or even on the New York Rangers He did have a pretty big hit in Game 3. It was actually against Jesper Foss, his former linemate. There was a play where the Canes had the puck in the corner. Strom came over, a good, clean physical hit. Actually knocked Foss down to the ice, so a little bit uncharacteristic from Ryan Strom there, but that was obviously very nice to see. But yeah, Ryan Strom, he's got to just rediscover the magic with Artemi Panarin. What they do in the regular season, at times, over the past couple seasons, has been nothing short of poetry. Those two just have phenomenal chemistry. We haven't really seen it quite as much in the playoffs. There haven't been enough, you know, Panarin to Strom scoring opportunities. There haven't been enough Strom to Panarin scoring opportunities. They just have to, you know, get back to rediscovering that chemistry and just doing what they do in the regular season. I realize the playoffs are different. Everything's moving faster, uh, everything is more tightly contested. Teams step it up defensively, but. When you look at some of the highlight real goals that those two have linked up for over the past couple of seasons, there's no reason that we can't have at least one or two of them by, you know, game 12 of the Stanley Cup playoffs here, which is what we're going into in game five here. So definitely looking for Ryan Strom to give the Rangers a little bit more than what he has. I think we can probably all agree on that. And In fact, in the game last night, he was actually uh, credited, quote unquote, with five giveaways. So that's not great either. I mean, that stat can be a little bit fickle because, you know, what exactly constitutes a giveaway and a takeaway. But yeah, if he's getting charged with five giveaways, got to take better care of the puck for sure. Uh, he did have a really nice play where he set up Andrew Cop. Cop took control of the puck in the neutral zone, passed ahead to Ryan Strome. Strome zipped up the right side, kind of drew a defender or two toward him, and then passed back to Cop. Cop took a shot from the right faceoff circle and scored. Cop scored that goal. into the third period that rounded out the scoring in this game, gave the Rangers a 4-1 lead and a much-needed insurance goal after the Canes had closed to within 3-1, about five minutes or so before this. So, you know, Strom, he needs to just be a little bit better. I mean, that's pretty much the long and short of it in just about every facet of the game. You know, he's out there on the Rangers' top power play unit. Would like to see him take advantage of an opportunity there, maybe get a point on the power play, maybe uh, clean up a loose puck in front of the net stuff it into the net himself, score a goal. Uh, Ryan Strom just needs to be a little bit better. And like I said, him and Panarin just need to rediscover that chemistry that's made them such a fun duo to watch over these past couple of seasons here. We're gonna continue talking about some other Rangers that need to step up in the uh, games to come in this series, and hopefully uh, for the rest of what will eventually be a lengthy playoff run for the New York Rangers. We will get to all that in just a second, as well as a couple of other uh, just notes, you know, heading into game five, some other uh, casual takeaways that I have. Uh, But first, just want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Bilt Bar. I love brownies, but you know what I love more? Brownie batter. And you're in luck if you love brownie batter, because Built has a new creation, and this one is better than ever. The Brownie Batter Puff. You heard me right. This puff takes protein bars to a whole new level, and they're available right now on Bilt.com. Have you tried the Bilt Puffs yet? I'm not sure what you're waiting for. Puffs are a chocolate-covered marshmallow protein bar. That's right. Delicious-flavored marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. With 140 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only 7 grams of sugar, brownie batter puffs are the perfect pick-me-up for any day. All built puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means that with built, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. And they are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. The brownie batter puffs will have you completely forgetting that you are eating a protein bar. No need to pinch yourself. This is real life. Go to Built.com to get brownie batter puffs right now. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKS15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKS15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, just wanted to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. Nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from our local experts. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're going to go through two more players on the New York Rangers who I think uh, have a chance to give the Rangers even more than they've currently gotten from them and a chance to kind of take their game to a next level and uh, really make an impact on this series. And the first of those two is going to be Alexi Lafreniere. Now, hold on a second, because I know some of you are going to hear this and think like Lafreniere. Why would it be Lafreniere? You know, he's been one of the Rangers best and most consistent forwards, really one of the Rangers best and most consistent players. And I totally 100% agree with you if that's how you feel about this. Uh, But I do think Lafreniere, he's got a whole extra level that he can get to. We have seen him play uh, some of his best and most consistent hockey during this Stanley Cup playoff run for the New York Rangers. He's very noticeable in just about every game. And I actually kind of thought about kind of doing like a three-for-one here and just making it Lafreniere and Kako and Filippito. But when you look at the three of them right now, and all three of them have played well, we've talked about the success that the kid line has had thus far in the postseason. But when you look at the three of them, I think Lafreniere is the one who is just right there. I mean, he's right there on the doorstep of true greatness in this league. He's somebody who is slowly but surely kind of establishing himself as a player that you don't really like to go up against. We've seen a couple instances in this series. In fact, one was in game three and one was in game four where, you know, the Canes took a run at Philip Hedel and Lafreniere immediately stepped in there and uh, began mixing it up with the player that, you know, went after Hedel delivered the hit, whatever it might have been. Game three, it was either Smith or Shea. I know it was one of the former New York Ranger defensemen and I know it wasn't D'Angelo. I think it was Smith put a hit on Philip Heedle in the neutral zone. Alexi Lafreniere immediately stepped in there, started mixing it up with Brendan Smith. And then in game four, there was a similar situation where you know, the Canes knocked Philip Heedle into the, uh, not, not directly into the bench area, but kind of had him hanging over uh, the edge of the Canes bench there. It was actually Andrei Svechnikov who was the perpetrator there, and Alexei Lafreniere immediately got in his face. And I thought they were going to get matching minors, you know, Svechnikov and Lafreniere, but Svechnikov ends up taking the roughing penalty when he kind of went at Lafreniere after Lafreniere confronted him. So uh, just again, kind of just becoming one of those sandpaper kind of players, one of those players that's not a ton of fun to play against, and on top of that... He was labeled as, you know, a generational talent and this is the best player that's come along in the draft in so many years and this, that, and the other thing, right? One of the things that a lot of people raved about was his hockey IQ and that has been on full display in this series. I want to take you guys back to game one for just a second. There was a situation where Tony D'Angelo had the puck in the neutral zone, and Lafreniere basically just baited him. He made it look like D'Angelo had a pass back to his defensive partner. I believe it was Slavin. But in reality, Lafreniere was anticipating this pass all the way. And when D'Angelo went to make the pass, Lafreniere stole it clean in the neutral zone, gained the blue line, passed over to Filipino Filipino scored the goal. That was the only goal that the Rangers scored in games one and two but obviously a great play there, and there was something similar in this game last night, Game 4 as well. You had a situation where the Canes had the puck in the Ranger zone. Lafreniere, once again, he's making Stahl believe that a pass is there to be had, and in reality, Lafreniere has the pass defended. Lafreniere is anticipating this pass, you know, from along the boards back to the blue line, and once the pass was made, he immediately jumped on it, deflected the puck out of the ranger zone and into the neutral zone, but he did not stop there because Stahl went back to collect the puck, and he kind of loafed after it a little bit, and Lafreniere was all over him. He basically, you know, just shadowed him right to the puck, lifted his stick, won the battle for the loose puck, and then went in on the breakaway and was stopped by Antti Ranta. But a fantastic play by Alexi Lafreniere there. And that happened when the game was still scoreless. And obviously, it would have been big for Lafreniere to finish his chance there. But I get the feeling, like I said, we are just scratching the surface in terms of what Alexi Lafreniere is capable of doing as soon as this current New York Ranger playoff run. I mean, we all know, or I think a lot of us at least believe, that he's going to go on to be a great player in this league, be a big, big part of this New York Ranger team for many, many years to come. But I think it could be happening right now. And again, if the Rangers, if they're going to end up being Stanley Cup champions, and there is a long, long way to go and a ton of things that need to happen, but if that's going to occur, then I think Alexi Lafreniere is one of those guys, even though he's played arguably the best hockey of his NHL career, he's going to have to get uh, to that true next level and just become that dominant player that the Rangers were all hoping that they were drafting uh, You know, when they took him number one overall. Lafreniere in this game last night. Ended up with 15 minutes and seven seconds of ice time. He had five hits, which is nice to see. He's played very, very physical in the playoffs as well, more so than he did, I would say, in the regular season. Only the one shot on goal, two giveaways, and two takeaways. Uh, But Lafreniere, again, somebody who is just really knocking on the door, potentially of superstardom in this league. And if you're a Ranger fan, which I assume most of you are, it cannot happen soon enough. We've got one more New York Ranger to talk about as far as somebody who I believe can take his game to the next level and really make an impact the rest of the way uh, in this series. And again, hopefully for a lengthy New York Ranger playoff run. We're also going to have a couple of odds and ends. I'm going to talk about a streak that the Carolina Hurricanes are right in the middle of right now and how it pertains to the potential outcome of this series. And we're going to get to all that good stuff in just a second. But first, just want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.net. Our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, eSports, and more. Head to the website today, or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, I just want to thank you guys for making Lockdown New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. One final Ranger here that I'd like to see sort of get to that next level is actually going to be Ryan Reeves because I want the Ryan Reeves that we all saw in game four against the Carolina Hurricanes last night. I'm not saying that you necessarily go out there and look for trouble, but I want Ryan Reeves to be out there and be assertive and be noticeable. One thing that Ryan Reeves should be when he's on the ice is noticeable. This guy is known for just dishing out punishing hits, racking up a ton of hits. He's you know at or near, however many years you want to go back, if you want to go back like five years, he's at or near the top of the NHL in terms of most hits in that time. He had five hits last night in 11 minutes and 56 seconds of ice time. And that's another thing. He's at or near the top of all these, you know, hit lists in terms of uh, most hits this season or most hits in the past three years combined or the last five years combined. And he's at or near the top of all these lists in spite of the fact that he doesn't really play that much. So when he gets on the ice, the dude's an absolute wrecking ball and a menace and somebody that just brings that sense of impending doom if you're a member of the opposition. And I think you can ask Tony D'Angelo and Max Domi about that for sure. Obviously, both those players were acting up at the end of game three. You had that altercation between Reeves and D'Angelo in the first period of this game. After an offside, they came together. Tony D'Angelo and Reeves, I mean, it was really intense, really heated. Tony D'Angelo, again, I'm not an expert lip reader, but he appeared to be saying, I'm not afraid of you. Well, okay, Tony, then how about you drop the gloves? I I don't see that happening. But uh, yeah, I mean, Reeves obviously getting inside Tony D'Angelo's head a little bit there, which is not a difficult thing to do. And D'Angelo thus far has had a pretty quiet series, as have a lot of the biggest offensive threats for the Carolina Hurricanes. But then later in the game, you know, at the very end, you had Reeves on the ice, Max Domi on the ice. You know, Reeves is basically daring Domi to try to do something, just like earlier in the game when he was daring Tony D'Angelo to try to do something. When D'Angelo and Reeves came together, it was at the tail end of a shift where Reeves had at least two hits uh, on that shift. And so Reeves is out there asserting himself as he was early in this Ranger playoff run. If you guys remember back to the Pittsburgh series, games one and two, Reeves is out there basically just hitting anything that moved. And early in game two, I believe it was game two. Reeves laid just a punishing hit on Evgeny Malkin. It was clean as a whistle, knocked him down to the ice, sent him crashing into the boards. Big hit, got the garden rocking, and uh, just kind of set a tone for the Rangers going forward. I want to see Ryan Reeves continue to be that tone setter, somebody that every single time he's on the ice, you think he's just going to clobber somebody. And again, I am not advocating for anything dirty, anything that crosses the line, any kind of senseless violence, but I am advocating Ryan Reeves to go out there and hit somebody as clean and as hard as he possibly can because he's somebody that has really established himself as a tone setter for this team and a leader in the locker room. If you guys see some of these... Uh you know, behind the scenes clip that circulate on social media or on YouTube or whatever it might be, Uh, Ryan Reeves is always the guy in the tunnel who's who's firing up his team before they take the ice. He's always yelling and screaming there. He's always yelling and screaming in the locker room. He's the one who uh, reads the starting lineup in the locker room and, you know, just kind of gets everybody fired up, gets everybody rocking. Reeves is one of the emotional leaders of this team, and that's the case whether he wears an A on his sweater or not. Uh, So Ryan Reeves, again, somebody, one of the oldest players on this team, it's either him or Justin Braun. One of those two is the oldest player on the Rangers. He kind of acts like the big brother to a lot of these young Ranger players, I think. And so I just want to see Ryan Reeves continue to play an emotional, hard-hitting brand of hockey as he did in game four, because... I don't want to say that he's been like completely quiet, but again, I thought he got off to a nice start in his playoff run in the first two games against Pittsburgh and hasn't been quite as noticeable since then, at least not until game four last night. So I just want to see him go out there, continue to be a menace, continue to be somebody who potentially intimidates the opponents, and continue to be somebody who plays big, strong, tough, physical hockey, and is willing and ready to drop his gloves at a moment's notice. I don't know how many guys on the Canes are going to be lining up to fight Ryan Reeves, but if somebody wants to, I'm sure he would be happy to oblige. And uh, Ryan Reeves, again, somebody that uh, needs to step up and needs to continue playing like he did in Game 4 last night in this New York Ranger playoff run. And then finally, just a couple of bullet point items to close out today's episode. The Rangers continue to get just absolutely destroyed on the faceoff circle. The Canes in this game last night won 65% of their faceoff attempts. And this is the one area where the Rangers are just going to have to win this series in spite of themselves because, you know, every other, pretty much every other aspect of hockey you know, you can correct certain things. With the face-offs, I just don't see a scenario where suddenly the Rangers are going to like win two-thirds of the face-offs in game five after losing two-thirds of the face-offs in game four. This was to be expected. The Canes just have better face-off guys than the Rangers do. But it's interesting seeing, you know, how the Rangers distribute their face-offs you had Andrew Kopp. You know, he ended up taking a good chunk of faceoffs for the Rangers in this game. He shares a line with Ryan Strome, and Kopp is the better faceoff guy. And Kopp was the one Ranger that won more than half of his draws. He won 56% of them. Something else that was interesting that happened is the Rangers took an icing in this game, and Philip Heedle and Tyler Mott were out there together. And I believe the third Ranger was Alexi Lafreniere. But obviously, an icing means that the faceoff will happen in your zone. And what the Rangers did, Philip Heedle is not good on faceoffs. I think we can probably all agree on that for now. I mean, there was a game not too long ago where he actually won more than half of his draws in the uh, postseason run here. But for the most part, Philip Hedl, not a good face-off guy. So the Rangers, they didn't even have Hedl line up to take the face-off when the draw was forthcoming in the Rangers zone. They just put Mott there. Mott's not a center. He's not really a face-off guy. He ended up losing this particular face-off. But I do think it's pretty telling that you know, the Rangers in this situation... Rather than have Hedl take a defensive zone draw, they just said, what the hell, let's just put one of the wingers out there instead. And Mott lost the draw. But uh, interesting strategy there by the Rangers for sure. Again, it's just a situation where you hope that they can win some of the clutch faceoffs. If I'm Philip Hedl, for example, that's something that I'm definitely going to work on before next season. You want to... Hope that the Rangers won't lose by such a lopsided margin. Again, the Canes winning 65% of the draws in this game. Uh, Hopefully, the Rangers can at least make it a little bit more competitive in Game 5. But again, that's the one area of this series and really of hockey where there's no magic wand here. You just have to do the best that you can and, again, try to be a little bit more competitive. And if you lose the faceoffs, at least don't lose them clean. One other just bizarre storyline that's kind of been developing here, it actually pertains to the Canes more so than the Rangers, but the Canes last night set an NHL record, and it's kind of debatable whether you actually want this record or not because there's some good with it and also some bad with it as well, but let me explain. The Canes are, I believe, the only team, or there might be one other team in NHL Stanley Cup playoff history that has started its playoff run with 11 straight games that were all won by the home team. In the Canes' first round against the Bruins, that won seven games. The Canes won all four of the home games. They lost all three of the away games. And thus far, through four games with the Rangers here, the home team has won every single game in this one as well. So the Canes, if you're keeping track at home, now 6-0 at home in the Stanley Cup playoffs and 0-5 on the road very bizarre because you know you look at what they did in the regular season and you know the canes like a lot of teams in the NHL uh, a little bit better of a home record than an away record but not to the point that you would necessarily expect something quite like this the canes in the regular season were 29-8 and 4 at home they were 25-12 and 4 on the road so yeah they're better at home like i said like most teams in the NHL tend to be but not a dramatic crazy split there and Lo and behold, they're dominant at home in the Stanley Cup playoffs and can't quite seem to get it together on the road. The Rangers are obviously going to have to buck this trend at a certain point because they can't advance to the Eastern Conference Finals unless they win at least one game in rally. And you hope that that starts on Thursday night in Game 5. We'll see how it goes. Obviously, I think the Rangers are playing great hockey right now, and they've got a great shot at it. If they continue to play hockey as they did in Game 4, then it shouldn't really matter if the game is in Madison Square Garden, if it's in Rally, if it's on the Moon. They should be able to beat anybody that they're playing, no matter where the game is being played, who has the home ice advantage. Because the Rangers, like I said, were absolutely fantastic in Game 4, their most complete win of the Stanley Cup playoffs. And one other thing that I wanted to talk about here, a lot of you probably are aware of this, but the Tampa Bay Lightning swept the Florida Panthers in four games, knocked the Panthers, the President's Trophy winners, right out of the playoffs. The President's Trophy continues to just be absolutely cursed. And so whoever wins between the Rangers and Canes, they will play the two-time defending Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning in the Eastern Conference Finals. And what's really crazy is the winner of this series between the Rangers and Canes will have home ice advantage against the Tampa Bay Lightning because the Lightning came in third place in their division. They were a three seed. The Canes obviously won the Metro. The Rangers came in second in the Metro, so the Rangers would have home ice uh, if they get past the Canes here. Obviously, a lot still needs to happen, and this series is a long, long way from being over, but it's pretty crazy to think about, you know, coming into the season, where the expectations were. I think a lot of us were hopeful that the Rangers would be a playoff team. Maybe a couple of analysts had them in the playoffs, but I think a lot of people were skeptical, and a lot of people still are skeptical about just how good this New York Ranger team is, but the Rangers are now in a position, they are two wins away from hosting the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, it's an exciting time to be a New York Ranger fan, that is for sure. Uh, But that will pretty much do it for today, guys. Definitely looking forward to Game 5. Cannot wait to get back here and talk about it. But in the meantime, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And again, anybody who has any stories to share from what they were doing, who they were watching with, how did they react when Artemi Panarin scored in overtime in game seven against the Penguins, that's probably going to be an offseason episode. I'm just going to read some of the responses from you guys. I've already heard a lot of uh, great stories, some cool stories, some really funny stories, just some awesome stuff. Uh, but if you haven't done so yet, definitely reach out to me, share your story, or even take a broader look at that series. You know, How were you feeling when they were down 3-1? Did you think they could get back into it? How did you feel when they were down 2-0 in Game 5 and facing elimination? Uh, Just share your stories with me. Be happy to read them on a future episode of Locked On New York Rangers. But, yeah, that will do it for today, guys. And once again, thank you, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. In our next episode, we will break down everything that happens between the Rangers and Canes in Game 5. Now make your second listen Locked On NHL. From first-round matchups to each Stanley Cup kiss, Locked on NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts.